With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the WFNY CornerCast, a podcast that takes an in-depth look at the Cleveland Guardians baseball team and farm system. Presented to you by the WaitingForNextYear.com network of podcasts. Here are Gerbs, Mitch, and Ethan. Welcome to another episode of the WFNY CornerCast brought to you by the Evergreen Podcast Network and part of the Waiting for Next Year community. Today is the 14th of July. I am your host, Joe Gerbs Gerberry. And uh, guys, we have a full squad here again tonight. Uh, Mitch the Traveler, Farmer Ethan, we're all back. We're all here. How are you guys doing? How are you guys feeling tonight? Feeling like yeah. I want to put a sound disclaimer in at the beginning of this podcast for the rest of our listeners. My goodness, Gerbs, you scared us. No, that was great energy. You gotta come in. You gotta come in hot, man. What do you want? Yeah. I should have. I'm, uh, I'm fully over the. I'm fully over the jet lag. I'm ready to. Uh, I'm ready to tuck some baseball. Uh, yeah, I didn't watch baseball at all. Uh, it was a, a, overseas, so uh, you guys are gonna have to remind me what a uh, 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 you know a curveball is. If, if you were watching tonight's game, you would see a really good one. Uh, Tristan's been uh, been breaking off a couple of really great curveballs. So he's been featured oh, pitching ninja several times already tonight. Yeah. Oh, has he been? Oh yeah. Oh, he's been. Rob, Rob he's been lights out. Alive. Yeah, that curveball. I've been. Uh, I've been. Twi- Twitter's been dark for me this evening. So good to know, though. I'll have to. I'll have to refresh Rob Friedman's page and check him out. Get back on the uh, the pitching ninja tonight and watch all of the uh, the knee bucklers from Tristan. So, oh yeah, I'm excited to have my knee buckled. I don't know what that means. Okay, but anyway, guys, let's move on. So, don't forget uh, breakingt.com backslash wfny. That'll take you to the Cleveland collection. You can pick out uh, any of your uh, fantastic shirts that are there. Uh, the King Quan, all the smoke. One of these days, I'm going to actually wear one when we're recording so you guys can see. Uh, there's the Night Night Andres Jimenez, uh, all-star Andres now. So uh, there's there's some really great stuff out there on BreakingTea.com. Tons of uh, Guardian shirts for your for your liking. And uh, so grab those while they are available. Have you guys bought it? Ethan, I know you were talking about getting the uh, one of them. Was it the Night Night one? Is that the one that you were looking at? Yeah, that night my Andre shirt is currently in my shopping cart. It's gonna be mine. Fantastic. I have the. I recently got the all the smoke Josh Naylor one. So, um, I'm yeah, waiting. Yeah. I'm waiting for Monday to wear my Jose 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 for the home run derby. But we can talk about that later. So, you should absolutely do that. I also don't own any because I'm a bad Cleveland fan. Uh, our listeners though are good Cleveland fans. Though. Just make sure that you go to breakingt.com backslash WFNY when you buy, and uh, that's that's where you want to do. Like, no, the, Wait, is it breaking tea like? Is it breaking tea like T T E A? No, it's like, just it's just the letter T. Oh, the letter T. Yeah, it's in the show notes, you know. But that's cool. No, I don't I don't check those. Gerbs, that is what the- to assume that I can read. What's a rundown? No. <laughs> That's a joke for Josh when you listen in the morning, Paloha. Hi, Josh. <laughs> anyway, we're, we are feisty tonight, which is great. I love it. But let's get to our news and notes of the week since we, it's been about, it's been a week. It's been a literal week since we've recorded. Uh, the, the, haven't been a lot of news though, because uh, we talked about Nolan Jones coming up last week. Uh, we didn't know who was out uh, at the time, but we found out uh, who was gone. Richie Palacios uh, down at, down in Columbus now doing well, but he's uh, he, we're, we're happy to see Nolan here and ready to go. Um, 
the news this week, uh, Aaron Savale to the injured list, 15-day, uh, pitched an inning of no-run ball last night uh, against the Chicago White Sox and ended up getting pulled from the game pretty quickly. And uh, Eli Morgan pitched a couple innings. Daniel De Los Santos pitched a couple innings. Henches was in, but it was a full bullpen game yesterday. Uh, right wrist soreness for Aaron Zavale. Um, I think I saw on Twitter a couple weeks. I don't know what that does about the all-star break. Um, seeing as how he, this would have been his last start before next week's all-star break. Uh, so I don't know what uh, what t- kind of timeline we're looking on Savale. Have you guys seen or heard anything about uh, the timeline for this right wrist soreness for Aaron Savale? No, I haven't seen anything. And uh, who knows? I mean, like, he missed three months last year with a finger injury. Uh, we don't know. And, like, no one saw anything happen. So it's hard to even say from that. Hopefully it's nothing. Hopefully he misses at most to start. But, like, you know, everything that I say and have said about this injury is conjecture. And I'm just vamping because we don't know. And anyone who says anything about it doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, we were... We were all kind of like collectively holding our breath on our Discord yesterday. Like, is this Hugwatch? Is this uh, some sort of an injury? Because breaking breaking down high fives with his glove as he walks back to the dugout and trying to discern any kind of uh, information that we could from the uh, from the telecast, but uh, end up being this right wrist. Ethan, anything about? Uh, Tanner Tully is up. Um, obviously, I, I just seems to be a bullpen arm at this point, a long man if they need it. Because um, as I said, Aaron's turn of the rotation is gone um, before the All-Star break, so we don't have to worry about that so much. Um, what do you think of Tully? What do you think of Savali being out for as long as he's going to be? No injury is a good injury, obviously. But if ever there were a time to get one, and being the relentless optimist that I am, about this team. I'm going to hope that based on his reaction and leaving the game, going up and down the dugout, high-fiving everybody before he went to the locker room last night, that hopefully this is a misses the minimum 15 days kind of thing because the pitchers have that longer minimum IL stint than uh, position players. With the All-Star break coming up, you can hope that best-case scenario, he only misses the first start afterwards, so we'll keep an eye on that one. I don't already seen, I forget who it was from, but somebody already mentioned that he might even already be down or playing Columbus to rehab over the All-Star break, or at least be throwing a bullpen. So there's some good news out there. It's not, not the worst. As far as Tanner Tully goes, um, I wouldn't expect a whole lot. He's another one of those guys in the revolving door of players in the high minors that Cleveland is slowly churning out of the system to make room for the guys that were in that double-A death rotation. That are slowly working their way up to Columbus. Uh, I'd expect him to be nothing more than just a glorified position player pitching, saving somebody else's arm when the team's losing poorly or doesn't have anybody who's rested. Yeah, yeah, uh, that sounds that sounds about right for Tully. Um, and as we said, we you, we're the, every year there is a bunch of roster management that happens around the all-star break guys get put on the il early on in the weeks that way they can get a little bit of extended or use that time off as time on the injured list so um hopefully that's all this is and and he's able to uh be back soon so that's 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 our hope it's because connor pilkington is as the designated uh double header starter is, is decent, but not anybody we I think we've I think we've kind of run our track on Connor Pilkington at this point Man, in time. People, so. people hate Connor Pilkington. Connor with a K Pilky Smooth. Um in in our Discord people get so mad about Pilkington. It's like where's Battenfield? I don't know. I'm not it's, gonna call anyone. I'm not gonna call anyone out, but it's like He's a six starter. He's up and it's down. Fine. Like, it's fine. What do you it's what fine. do you want? Like what you want like you want them to like call up the next Bieber and he'll be like their up and down starter? Like that's not happening. And like the fact is is like you don't want them to call up someone who actually matters 
no offense to Tanner Tully. I'm sure he's a lovely individual. I'm sure, uh, you know, he gives to charity and is, you know, just generally like I find you know, helps old people across the street. I'm sure he's a lovely, lovely man. Uh, but he's got a decent beard. That's a that's yeah. a he's got a decent beard. Sure. I What's mean, looking? any bearded guy, I think we can agree. Uh, All right. All right. A, no, I see what this is. Going say is <laughs> this was a this was a backdoor to Ethan. This is Ethan's an slander, ambush. and it's great. It's great for it's this, great for all of us. Hey, that was just your interpretation, man. I didn't say anything about you. Just gonna <laughs> drop this picture of Tanner Tully in our in our chat on Discord. So no, Tanner Tully's bad. He's a bad pitcher. Like, I'm sorry, he's, he's not, not he's, good. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Like. There is inherent value to a guy that doesn't matter. Like, you would not want Peyton Battenfield coming up. And if you did, it's because you didn't think he mattered. You like, Kirk McCarty comes up and pitches because, again, like, he is not a part of this team's future. That's how it goes. Like, you don't want Logan Allen coming up. You don't want, um, who else? Like, we know. Whatever. You don't want any of anyone you know, you don't want them coming up for this role because it's not a good role. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Nice that you, it's nice right. that you said Kurt McCarty, though, because he uh, is back with the organization. Yeah. Uh, it was reported today that uh, Kurt McCarty and, and Oscar Mercado are back in the uh, Cleveland organization. Uh, McCarty was picked up off of waivers from Baltimore, I believe, and Oscar Mercado uh was outrighted to columbus uh made his way through waivers pri- uh, previously this year uh and ha- it is back in cleveland nobody wants him again so uh both guys are just organizational filler at this point in time mm-hmm. break glass and number blake break glass in case of emergency kind of guys uh that the organization likes having around same way with sandy leone that's why he's back in triple a columbus it's a guy that they know, guy that they can count on for a week or so if they need to, and uh, that's that's fine. It's not like like Mitch said, perfectly nice gentleman. However, just guys that you don't uh, that you can throw out there to the wolves at any point in time. So, exactly, exactly. I feel like people expect like numbers one through twenty six on this roster to be you know all stars. All stars are like a part of the 2025 World Series champion Cleveland Guardians. And like that just doesn't have to be the case. And like it doesn't even make sense for it to be the case because like why would you treat someone who matters for the future um, like that? Like you wouldn't. Of course you wouldn't. So I don't know. People, people just have unrealistic expectations. It drives me nuts. Like, I know this is not where we're talking about, but like it happens with Ernie Clement too. It's like Ernie Clement can play any position. He can catch. He's the emergency catcher. He's pitched. Like, like wh- wh- who do you want in that role? Like, do you who, do you want like Tyler Freeman as your emergency catcher? Like, hell no, no. This is what Ernie Clement is, and he is perfectly acceptable at it. And like, I am saddened that he turned into the new Bradley Zimmer. Uh, because yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. It's fine. It's fine. And I can stop vamping now. <laughs> it's good. It's fine. It's I listen, we are, we are spicy today and I like it and it's okay. I, I do agree with, with to finish out the early Clement stuff. He does get a bad rap in that he, to my, to, and my point, he plays too much. If he was simply a one start a week, J-Ram needs a, a DH day, so Ernie can play third, that's fine. The way the way that the platoons get used in the with this club, Ernie ends up backing his way into two or three appearances a week, two starts, three appearances, something in the later later on, and that much of a role could be used by somebody else. I, I that's that's my opinion on it. I we don't agree. We don't have to agree. He's gonna so, end up with like two hundred and fifty plate appearances this year. It's not the end of the world. No. There's there are worse things, but 
it's nice. It will be nice to not have that in the future when, you know, Brian Rocchio is up and Jose Tanya and all those kinds of guys are are knocking on the door. So, Ethan, any 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 comments about anything that we've brought up here so far? I have we've no been, idea we've how been, we got. We've been getting into I, it. I, I have no idea how we got from Twitter's overreaction to Peyton Battenfield's eight shot things today to Ernie Clement, but uh, I will. Wait, Pretty Peyton nice Battenfield had eight shutout innings today? Oh, yeah. He pitched Did really well today. No. Yeah, game one of a doubleheader. Eight, eight innings, three hits, uh, six or seven strikeouts. Uh, Columbus, Wait, Columbus, eight innings? One. That means they didn't eight score. Yeah. Right? Because seven inning doubleheaders in the minors? Must have been. Vamp. Vamp. Not real sure. We can look into that. Somebody else will look into that while we move on. Last yeah, bit sure of news. Last bit of news and notes. Uh, as I alluded to, I'm going to wear my my on Monday. Going to wear my Jose 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 shirt for uh, uh, J Ram going to the home run derby announced yesterday um, on Monday. He's going to uh, in round one. He's going up against Juan Soto. So all of you who uh, are there are two camps. There are two camps when it comes to Jose being in the home run derby. There are guys, like I think Ethan is, that possibly are going to take this as a learning experience for Jose, get his swing right, start seeing some more power in the second half. Uh, and then there are people that uh, the other camp is those that feel the home run derby breaks swings, that you end up just going for power, selling out, and uh, start rolling over on pitches. So, um where are you at on your camps? Are you a pro or anti home run derby? Ethan, go first. You already threw me under the bus because I know I've made this opinion known. And it's not based on Did I throw you under the bus? I don't I felt as though that was a as objective as a lead in as I could okay. have given you, sir. Yeah, listen, no, if anything he laying, you up. Like he did the I've been laying under the bus the beard comment. So we can just move on from here. But is it under the bus or under the tractor, Farmer Ethan? You know, I kind of missed one. It was just two of us kind of rotating and out. But I guess this is my new reality again. No, Joe, uh, he doesn't use a tractor. That's for the that's for the people who don't do it for the love. He does farming for the love of farming. He picks everything by hand. Are you kidding me? You know, what? I'm going to take that analogy because I'm going to take credit when Brian Rocchio and George Valera pan out. But no, back, back to. Ramirez in the home run derby. I've already made known in our Discord that very funny now the brackets are announced that Jose is facing off against Juan Soto. But last year, I, I just remembered this when Jose went out, so he's been struggling the last six weeks or so. That uh, run derby to get his swing right. He talked about that a lot. Uh, leading up to the event and afterwards saying that he was really just looking for an exercise to figure out what he was doing wrong with the swing, try to get some more loft into it. He wasn't hitting many home runs the first half last year for the Nationals, and then second half of the year, after the home run derby appearance, he his production went up. Now, there's not a lot of correlation. The home run derby is nothing more than uh, just glorified bat practice with a crowd. But for a guy like Jose... And for Juan Soto, neither of them prolific power hitters. It could be a good exercise in getting his back control back into place. He seems to be chasing some pitches. He seems to be missing some middle-middle fastballs. You know, Jose is a strange competitor for the home run derby because he's not somebody who's going to blast 500 footballs to center field. He's a strong pole hitter. He gets the hands through the zone fast. He turns on his hips. He hits 350 to right field. You're not going to see him hit the longest home run of the night, but... If he's got a good pitcher keeping the ball inside, then he could put on a show, and it could be just the, the, the tweaks that he needs or the showcase that he wants to figure out what's up with his swing. And if he's doing that, we can assume that the thumb is healthy. Speaking of healthy, Andres Jimenez just hit a homer, so he's healthy. Um, you said not 10 minutes ago he was not hitting for power, and here he is with a double yeah, home run Yeah, he tonight. wasn't hitting for power, and now he's hitting for power. This is why... This is why momentum doesn't exist. I'm just going to throw this out there, drop this bomb. Momentum doesn't exist because, like, 
it doesn't like there's no predictor to it like he had no power momentum and then today he hit for power it's like there was no way to predict it there was no he just like is feeling better so like if there's no predictability of it at all then like it doesn't matter he anyway this well, is, this doesn't thing. matter point is is uh well, Ahmed, sorry, or uh, nope andres he managed to sit a homer when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Go ahead, so all of our listeners sitting here right now, keep an eye out for later this week when it hits the site when I publish my correlation between the team starting to suck two weeks ago when Mitchell left, and now that he's back, Andres Jimenez <laughs> is hitting for power. If momentum and correlation don't ex- exist, I'm going to use you as your own point, Mitchell. I mean, momentum doesn't exist, but he definitely was waiting for me. He was like my biggest fan. <laughs> can't watch like so you what can't am I leave the do? you can't leave the you can't leave the continental of the united states then that's what we've no. learned yeah he, he didn't know what time it was, was over there he didn't know if he was playing while you were watching or what he was like mitchell crawl left the country who am i gonna play oh for no who am i gonna play for my biggest fans gone. to your to your point about momentum though and this is another lead into stars and scrubs uh just looking at a guy like Miles Straw, where there was, he started out the season very well, a, a walk machine at the top of the lineup. Him and Quan were uh, one and two, and, and leaning right into Jose, giving him a, a, a crap ton of RBI chances. And then he just went cold, and there was no real, like, I, I, you could look at his stat cast and see that he was shooting everything to the to right field, shooting everything to opposite field, and, and wasn't really doing much. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just it seems that it's back, and we don't really know how or why. And you know, we'll probably never know unless there's a, a book written about it. But uh, stars and scrubs for the week. So wait, and and and, and let me let me cap that point. Um... Like, I'm not saying that there is no human element to it or that these people are robots or anything like that. Like, certainly, I'm sure if you asked Miles Straw or even if you wanted to go more, like, objective and, like, I don't know, like, gave him some sort of weird questionnaire about how he was feeling. I'm sure, like, when he was hitting well, he was probably feeling good. When he was hitting poorly, he was probably feeling badly. And then when he was hitting well, he was probably feeling good again. And I'm not going to say, like, <clears throat> these things don't matter. Of course they matter. But, like, what caused him to feel good and what caused him to feel bad? It wasn't sure. momentum. It, it was something physical. It was something mechanical. It was something emotional. Something One mental. Be fit, yeah. So, anyway, uh, Stars and Scrubs, you were saying. Stars and Scrubs. So, Steve, uh, Miles Straw was, was my star of the week was basically where I was going with this in a, in a roundabout way. Uh, all stats of last day, last seven days, not counting today because baseball reference doesn't update us. Uh, 450, 476, uh, 1.026 on the uh, slugging scale. That's a, or a, that's OPS. That's not slugging. What did I write down? I wrote down a wrong number. Anyway, uh, 1.026. OPS for Miles Straw. Uh, the only bad thing on this, well, one walk, zero Ks for Miles Straw. Um, the Ks being down is obviously great. Not getting a whole bunch of walks, but, I mean, he's hitting the height off the ball right now and and doing the thing at the bottom of the lineup the way that uh, we saw him early on in the year, starting to put some pull in the ball, starting to muscle things into left field. Um, he had a a gapper of a double uh, earlier this week that it was uh, right in right in left center field that just uh, made its way to the wall. Um, the way the lineup is constructed, and it seems as though Tito has kind of 
fallen into this. The he gets in routines with his lineups, and it seems to be where he's at. Um, with Straub being at the bottom of the lineup, it gives Quan, it gives Ahmed, it gives Jose that pseudo leadoff guy later on in the game that uh, they can get some RBI chances from him. So, um, but yeah, Miles Straw, my star of the week since nobody else uh, dipped him out on my rundown here. So. Uh, who you, Ethan, you have a, you have dibs on one. So go ahead and hit that one and then we can go to Mitch. Yeah. I, I had to call dibs on, on Nolan Jones who has come up and has honestly made a statement and it's, it's, it's kind of become the norm for these young guys coming up this season. Cleveland had seven guys make their major league debut, seven position players make their major league days this season. Uh, and Nolan Jones is right up there of the six have logged at least 20 plate appearances. For this exercise, I'm going to throw Gabriel Arias out of this. He's had 20 plate appearances. He's been put into some disadvantageous situations, so I don't think it's fair to include him in this. He's only hitting 105. But your worst one has been Richie Palacios, who hit 250 in 93 plate appearances. Nolan Jones came up, and his first week of action has hit 350, 458, 600, including his first career home run at 457 foot nuke into the right center field fountains in Kauffman Stadium. He was a really yeah, that was a that was a tank job. I was so happy to see that live. It was incredible. But I had to claim Nolan because way back in the lockout during the prospect preview series, I wrote that no one of any prospect in this farm system could benefit from a baptism by fire. And for all intents and purposes, that's what he got. He was basically at the tail end of rehab assignment at his time in AAA Columbus when he came up to Cleveland. And he's really showcasing what he is. I think he got a really bad rep between the alternate site training year and the pandemic, like not being the healthiest last year and his numbers being kind of down. I think a lot of people just on the surface level looked at his baseball reference page, his fan graphs page. They saw that elevated K rate and they were really concerned about it. But what people didn't realize is that Nolan Jones is one of the most patient hitters you're ever going to see. And he's getting the opportunity to showcase that on a national stage. Yes, he's going to strike out. But his problem's never been that he's a free swinger. He works a lot of 0-2 counts back to 3-2. And vice versa, 3-0 counts to 3-2. His issue isn't swinging in leverage accounts. Or leverage counts. And you've seen that a little bit since he's been up. He struck out looking to end the game last night on an arguably inside slider. He struck out looking on an outside curveball in the same tonight. So that's going to be... He's not going to chase bad pitches. He's another one of those really solid, at-the-plate, patient, good-eye batters Cleveland's been producing recently. And it's nice to see him showcasing that at a very high level in his first week of play. Yeah, that's I, I'm right there with you on Nolan. Um, I, I'm amazed at how well he's been. and how I, I shouldn't be, but I'm, I'll, I'm amazed at how polished these hitters have been that have been coming up this year. Um, and no one looks every bit the the star that we've been hearing about that we kind of all forgot about. And I'm super excited to see it. So, Yeah, man. The beauty of Nolan Jones, I think, like, what I was thinking about, like, when we had heard about him, it's like, oh, here's a guy who, like, just has elite command of the strike zone, just, like, you know, walks a ton, doesn't swing at bad pitches, but really hasn't found his power stroke yet. That was always what I had heard about him. Like, doesn't hit many homers, but then he comes up here and he hits the ball so hard. It makes you think like, hmm, maybe the homers can come. Like, maybe like this is not something to get worried about. And like, you know, as age and experience happen and he learns what pitches he can drive and stuff, like... I don't know. Like, I'm not super worried that the power is not going to come because, like, yeah, not just that homer that he hit that was, like, an absolute, like, you know, missile, but he hit that double that short hops the wall that didn't look like it went much higher than 10 feet off the ground. Like, he just ropes the ball, and it is incredible. Um, so good choice on Nolan Jones. I'm going to go with uh, Shane Bieber. Uh, just because he had that amazing start. And we're currently in the middle of another amazing start from Tristan McKenzie, but technically 
the podcast goes through, you know, before today's game since it's not over. Uh, yeah, Shane Bieber, he, uh, he pitched a complete game. Uh, that does not happen much. Struck out seven, uh, you know, one run, 1.89 FIP. Um, somehow wasn't even the best pitcher of the week by Fangraph's war because Aaron Savali uh, actually uh, had him beaten strikeouts. But uh, nonetheless, Shane Bieber, uh, the guy really, really uh, has proven a lot of people wrong this year, <clears throat> which I really, really appreciate. Um, he is obviously his velocity is down and that is concerning for some. And I think like rightfully so he, if you look at the leaderboards on fan graphs for, uh, F war, he is like by far, uh, the highest pitcher with a average fastball velocity of below 92. Like that is something to, uh, concern ourselves with, but the next uh, the next highest pitcher by F4 um, in, in, who has a lower fastball velocity is Clayton Kershaw. And he has done, we've touched on this a little bit, but he has done essentially a Kershaw-esque thing uh, where he basically has decided that his slider is his number one pitch now and he doesn't throw his fastball as much as his slider anymore. And it's really worked for him. Um I mean, you don't need to throw that hard when you're throwing 40% sliders or more. Um, and that's what he does pretty much every game now. Um, so I just wanted to throw my star at uh, Bieber because he has been, it has been this, what's wrong with Shane Bieber? What's wrong with Shane Bieber? He is not throwing hard. He doesn't look like the same guy all year long. And meanwhile, you know, what is he now in, in, um, in pitching war? He's got to be like top 10, uh, in, in major league baseball by F war. Yeah. He's number seven, uh, this season amongst qualified pitchers. And if we get rid of the qualification and just go all pitchers, he's down to nine, um, you know, right next, right between Shohei Otani and Cleveland killer Dylan C. Uh, so great company to be in, of course, uh, Shane Bieber, he's an ace still. Uh, he doesn't look like an ace. He doesn't pitch like most aces, but he's still an ace. And, uh, you know, this week's game proves that. Yeah, we should probably be slightly ashamed that it took our third start of the week to get to Shane Bieber. But, you know, I think if we polled the guys in Cleveland's locker room uh, about this question in this segment, I think a lot of them would probably be saying Shane Bieber today after how yesterday unfolded. Without that complete game and game one of a doubleheader, and Savali going down in the first inning, you don't have a rested bullpen to go and pitch for the record pretty lights out yesterday. You lose that game two to one, but Hetches was the only one that gave up anything. So the the team owes, you know, being in the position that they're in right now to Shane dealing with a bullpen day yesterday and trying to figure out what they're going to do about a fifth starter in the meantime until they figure out how long Savali is on the shelf. Yeah, um, I, I I was told myself I wasn't going to actually select a star or a scrub until uh, after you guys, but I just I just went with Miles out of the uh, the lead in on it, so you know it's whatever. But you guys were you guys covered it, and uh, I'm glad you were able. We were able to cover everyone that we wanted. You had dibs out Nolan and Shane Bieber definitely needed to be talked about, especially as just adding in. Like you said, the complete game on the doubleheader, um, and and just covering the Aaron Savale day yesterday, Tristan covering that up today with another you know eight inning game, um, a gem from Tristan McKenzie tonight. Yes, uh, you're you were putting it in our private chat. Five hits, a career high twelve Ks for McKenzie tonight. So Over eight um, incredible. Yeah. Uh, just lights out performance from McKenzie and, and everything that you want to see out of a out of an ace, whether it be Shane or McKenzie. You're talking about it's those those stopper spots. Uh, you know when when you're going on a skid and these guys come up in the rotation, get their get their starts in. That's that's what you want to see. So, um, do you want to do your scrub, Ethan? Since I didn't actually uh, suggest one, or do you want me to go and I can uh, I, I can I can vamp for a little bit here? 
No, I'll, I'll leave it mine because I'm probably going to catch some flack from for this one, not only from listeners, but probably from you guys as well. And I know that I said earlier that I am usually the relentless optimist about this team, and that goes even for Cleveland's manager, Terry Francona, who I am still, to this day, one of his biggest offenders. However, I am going to, out of spite, give offenders him my or lead. defenders. I'm a defender of Terry Francona. Okay. Although I probably right, would offend him if he met me. Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, I would find a way, but this is dating back a couple of weeks now. It, I'm just frustrated that now twice in one month, this team has been down not an insurmountable amount of runs for them. We've seen them do incredible things, especially in the late innings. But now twice, and I think it's three weeks, the, Cleveland's in the, the, the Cleveland Guardians in the sixth and seventh inning have had the bases loaded and have let Luke Maley, now twice, and Ernie Clement take at-bats with the game on the line. And I understand that the one that happened earlier this week with Luke Maley was game two of a doubleheader, and Hedges pretty freshly off the concussion IL had caught all of game one. I get it. But you have to at least pretend like you're trying to win the game, in my mind. You should not have let a catcher who's hitting 180 go up there and take that at bat. You had Nolan Jones sitting on the bench. It was the sixth inning! You can say that all you want, but I don't think it would have been unreasonable to ask Hedges to catch three more innings just for the chance to put a better bat up there. It was a doubleheader! He pitched the caught the first game! You can say that all you want. I say, what's a really good Jerry Seinfeld? He got the first game. We can argue that until the cap goes home, and yes, that's a farmer Ethan joke. I'm leading into it now, but yeah, it's just frustrating. <laughs> it's just frustrating to me, man. It's really hard to swallow that as a fan. This is why we do this. This is why we're not major league managers, right? I can sit here and be upset about this. At the end of the day, I'm not the expert, but it is going to earn my ire for this week. Look, man, I'll say this every time anyone ever criticizes Terry Francona is like he has such an ear to the ground when it comes to this club. He, This is his job. This is all he does is get a feel for the players on his team. It's literally his life's calling. Like there is probably no one better in Major League Baseball at it. And uh, he has way, way more information than we do. Like, we know Luke Maley is a bad hitter and Nolan Jones is a good hitter. And Luke Maley was the batter and Nolan Jones wasn't the batter. So it's real easy to say, like, ooh, he should bat and he shouldn't. But, like, we don't know. Like, like, like didn't, didn't – um, didn't what's his name? I was in I was abroad, but didn't uh Hedges have a concussion semi recently? Yeah. It was yeah, that was Ethan mentioned that that it was Hedges was just coming back from the concussion IL and, and caught the first game. I, it's I I I am with Mitch on this one. I'm in that regard. There are I have been critical of, of Tito before and, and agree with Ethan in to a point. I'm definitely playing both sides of this. Um, that in that game in particular, there was no way you're going to go to head edgy and, and get him to put the pads back on after already catching nine innings of a, of a Shane Bieber shutout. But, um, yeah, uh, there are, there are some head scratchy moments where, uh, you can look and see late in the game. Why is this guy up? Why are we not pinch hitting somebody? Why are we where where's Richie Palacios? Oh, he's not here. Uh, you know, that kind of a thing. But um yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mitch, who's your Me. scrub of the week? Unless you want to continue who's, in on, on Ethan and who is further my scrub of the week. That is further, a great question. Further push him into the ground. That is a great question who my scrub of the week is. Uh there are so many choices who my scrub of the week is. Uh is it gonna be 
Uh, Josh Naylor, who hasn't been hitting for any power. Is it going to be Austin Hedges? Uh, but no, it's not going to be any of those guys. Uh, it's going to be... Mm, I don't think it should be Andres Jimenez. It was going to be Andres Jimenez. But then what happened today, you see, is that he had a double and a homer and also walked. So it's not going to be Andres Jimenez. You know what? It's going to be Eli Morgan. Eli Morgan is going to be my scrub of the week. And the reason is, is the man has started giving up the homer. Um, he gave up another one this week. Um, that is quite a, quite a few seemingly in the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, he's up to six on the season. And obviously it was only one in the last week, but it was two the week prior and then one the week before that. Um, so it's kind of like a, a long, uh, oh, you went with him for last week, Ethan, scrub? Eli Morgan was my scrub last week. I'm totally a devoted listener to this podcast, clearly. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I mean, like, well, I apologize for stealing your scrub. He is just like, you know, the, the, the thing is, is when people look for the changeup, if people are just sitting on the changeup, uh, they, can, they can hit it. They can hit it, if, especially if it's not in a great spot. Um, but the thing is, the fastball is not quite good enough to be an out pitch on its own. So it's like this fine line where if like the guy is guessing changeup and he throws a changeup and it gets crushed, and if he is not throwing the changeup enough, then the fastball is not good enough, um, which is where that slider comes in. Um, and, you know, the slider, he has said, he's gone on record and said it's an important pitch for him, and I think this is exactly why. Uh, but unfortunately, he's just made a few too many mistakes recently, and it's cost the Guardians pretty drastically. I mean, uh, not in, in last night's game, he was good, of course, but in the game before, uh, you know, gave up that homer that was that was big um, and just very frustrating because, uh, you know, we thought we had something at the beginning of the season. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe we still do, but, um, you know, some of the starter Eli Morgan from 2021 is seeping through the cracks and it would be nice to see him lock that down in the second half of the year. Uh, as we're speaking, uh, Cleveland just beat Detroit 4 0. Uh, Class A slammed the door shut. Uh, so that's a nice win. Hopefully they can, uh, you know, win two of the next three now. Oh, wait, it's Friday. Win one of the next two and win the series and head into the All Star break on a positive note. And uh, my scrub, Eli Morgan, can have one or two uh, excellent it's appearances. It's Thursday, bud. It's Thursday. It's summer, man. I haven't been paying attention. It's like you three more days. Is it Friday? You said you were over the jet lag. She. It's Thursday. My fault. Hopefully they win two of the next three at least and uh, and come back. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, go into, nice. the go into the All Star Week strong. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So my scrub of the week, uh, I think I've, I've brought him up before. Um, Owen Miller just... I want, we want Owen to be the, I think we want Owen Miller to be what Ernie Clement is currently, which is a super sub. I don't know that uh, the, the organization wants Owen Miller to be the everyday first baseman. I think they like the idea of him being kind of all over the place as a uh, plug and play. You know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, and that's, you know, a, possible 300 average and i think he's just been a little bit exposed lately um so i'm gonna go with owen as as my scrub I, it's his defense hasn't been great he's been dropping a couple balls at, at first and, and opening some doors that uh could that should have been closed 
Um, and he's just, it's, it's looking a little rough for him. Um, now that Josh Naylor, uh, had a home run tonight, it's kind of off the shine a little bit. Um, the back seems to be not bothering him as much. He's going to get the majority of the uh, starts at first base. And, uh, that pushes Owen Miller to a bench roll that pushes Mo, Nolan, uh, pushes Owen Miller to, uh, like I said, a bench spot, you know, maybe spilling Andres at second. Maybe, like I said, he can maybe he can take over for Ernie Clement and be the, the super utility guy in the infield. Um, it's possible, and that seems to be the, the path of least resistance on this way. So as long as Josh, is, Josh Naylor is doing well, um, that's, I think, the role that we're going to see him in, which is a good role for him to be in. I don't know that he needs to be starting uh every day four days a week who knows so anybody got anything on owen miller yeah man he's uh he's been disappointing he started off so strong but like like legitimately it's not that he's been a scrub this last week it's he's been a scrub since like one week after the first week like you know, he has an 88 WRC plus this year, but if you just like cancel, like if you just start from like one week into the season, he's down to a 67 WRC plus. Like, I, and I did, I, I lopped off literally week one of the season. He has been bad since then. Um, and that is not a good sign. Um, it's very frustrating, in fact, because. He did look so promising at the beginning of the year, but right. yeah, I don't know, man. Like we heard like coming up, he's a line drive hitter. He hits line drives all over the place. And it's just like, we haven't seen that at all. And it's starting to get harder and harder to imagine. So I'm completely with you. He's a good choice. Yeah. I, I, I like you said, I, we want the most, we always are, we're trying to be uh, positive on the, on this podcast. We want the most out of these guys, uh, but it just doesn't seem to be there for, for Owen. So no, but we are uh, going to a, um, a section that we, we've joked about, but it is time for the farmer Ethan section. And if I have the, the, the wherewithal tomorrow, when I'm getting this podcast on the website, I'm going to put some banjo here so that way we can all enjoy maybe just a nice guitar um, as we get to the Farmer Ethan segment. This is this is uh, us looking at the the farm system here. And, and listen, you are. I, I, it has long been said by me that I do not have the uh, time nor patience to put into the minor leagues, and that's why I know you love doing it. So that's why we lovingly call you farmer ethan but uh what is your what is your farmer's report mr first, ethan first of all the eye roll is i'm hoping it's it's like a classy banjo i don't know i'm getting weird city slickers vibes a little i'm not i'm gonna say i wasn't gonna go full deliverance on you i was yeah. gonna i was gonna make it sound nice yeah I don't go full deliverance no, no 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 we don't need any you got a pretty mouth going on in here <laughs> but no where where do you want to start because there's been quite a bit going on uh so we have long uh extolled the uh, virtues of one george valera on this podcast and bemoaned the fact that he is still in uh akron with the rubber ducks um have you uh, I, we know he's going to the futures game next week uh where is his status uh wh- or where is it likely to be when he returns back from the futures game People that know more than me are going to disagree with my initial sentiment, but I'll get to that in a second. The status of his move to Columbus is a touch murky at the moment. When Nolan Jones was called up, that kind of left a a bit of room for Valera in Columbus, you would think. A right fielder moves up, a right fielder should fill in that space. But when it was announced that the corresponding move was, well, Richie Bossy was going back down to play right field for Columbus, that kind of went away. But then Cleveland called up Alex Call, center fielder for Columbus. That opens another outfield spot. And then no 
Nobody claimed Oscar Mercado off of waivers, and now he's in Columbus as not a member of the 40-man. So once again, there is no room for Valera. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to happen. I know Cleveland Guardians' perspective, Cleveland Guardians Pro on Twitter, tweeted out that there seems to be some internal chatter that after the Futures game this weekend, and when Valera returns, there seems to be a, a seat for him available in Columbus that he's ready to make that leap. And frankly, I think it's earned. I've been pretty impatient with that this year, mostly because I live five miles from Huntington, and I just want to see him play in person, finally. I've been waiting for it for quite a while now. But he's definitely earned the opportunity to do so. So don't write it off just yet. That it's going to happen this year, and it could possibly be coming soon if you listen to people smarter than myself. Mitch, any comment on Valera here coming uh, coming to Columbus? A Clippers uh, team near you? I mean, he's not coming up this year, so it doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I guess if he starts in Columbus or ends in Columbus this year, that guarantees he starts in Columbus next year. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, they're going to take whatever time with him they need. And, um, and they should. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I don't I, know. A guy as good as Valera, we don't want to see him rush through, but I no. do think that there is a. I do think he has reached the point where a call up to Columbus is worth it. This is our yeah. weekly reminder that despite how good he's been, he's still just twenty-one years old. They also like called up Alex Call, so there's room for him a little bit in in AAA, even though Mercado is down there now. Uh, like you said, Ethan. Um, and it doesn't really, I mean, like, here's the thing is it's like, Akron is, is where double A is where a lot of top prospects live for a long time. And like triple A is pretty much where like quad A players live. So it's not the end of the world. Like the competition that he faces in double A is not that that different than the competition he'll face in AAA. And, um, you know, if he's doing well there, it doesn't really, you know, feel like it absolutely requires uh, that it's that, that a change be made. But, yeah, it would be exciting. And, like, for Ethan, he could go watch him. Um, and normally I would be like, I want to go watch him in Akron, but I don't live in Cleveland anymore, so I can't do that. Uh, so yeah, by all means, share the love, spread the love, send him to send him to Columbus so Ethan can watch him. Thanks, That's what I, I appreciate that sentiment. Of course, um, get it, yeah, get it no. to your crops. So you also, know, I just want to say, by the way, like I also love following the farm system, but I'm not a farmer, so the segment doesn't really work for me. <laughs> I love you all. I love you guys. This is all I've ever wanted. Okay. Uh, moving on to the injured guys uh, or coming back from injured guys. Um, I wanted to mention and bring up um, Carlos Vargas, Daniel Espino, Cody Morris. What are uh, these arms that are coming back from injury? Um, are we likely to see any of these guys this year? Daniel Espino, obviously, I don't think. Not. I think no. Um, he's if he had stayed healthy all year, possibly, but because he is now rehabbing and, and coming back, hasn't had the requisite time in Akron. Um, I don't think we'll see Espino, but um, what have you heard about Carlos Vargas, uh, Cody Morris, and those kinds of guys? So, Cody Morris and Daniel Espino are currently rehabbing out at the Arizona Complex League together. Uh, I don't believe either of them have faced game action yet. Actually, I think no. Cody made his Cody, uh, Cody pitched uh, an inning night. or something last night. Yeah, yeah he, he pitched oh, an inning. Struck out. Yes, but Morris just in the Arizona Complex League last night made his debut one inning with two strikeouts. Um, he's a guy who, entering the season, was kind of expected to be the fireman role that UI developed into early in the season, and that you know emergency spot starter. Uh, long relief kind of guy. Uh, he's a bit old for a prospect. Has been hammered by a lot, a lot of injuries, and I think this most recent one is going to be what forces him into the bullpen almost full time now, just to 
limit his own risk. Espino uh, was down there with some knee tendonitis, I believe is what originally sidelined him back in April. It was knee uh, and then became shoulder. Yeah, he had some shoulder soreness during his uh, bullpen sessions rehabbing. They've been very, very cautious with him, and that's not unusual for this Cleveland farm system that's been so good with their arms. Uh, they were like this Tristan McKenzie a few years ago when he missed a significant time with a forearm strain. They just want to make sure that these guys are healthy. There's no need to overload them or rush them for back sure. to action. Espino's not going to be shut down for the rest of the year, but they're going to take their time to make sure he's ready. You may not see him for another month still, but he'll, he'll be back. Ethan, uh, if he's shut down for the rest of the year, I'm coming after you. Wow. Aggressive. <laughs> You were okay. Me. Anyhow, Carlos. You, it's okay though because you do live in the contiguous United States, so Andres Jimenez will continue to produce even if Mitch has a blood vendetta out on you. Okay, good. As, as long as Andres continues to produce when I'm dead, that's fine. No, uh, Cody Morris uh, uh, and Daniel Spino are in Arizona Complex League. Carlos Vargas uh, is down with the Akron Rubber Ducks. Vargas is a guy that I actually didn't know whole ton about entering this year before he was added to the 40 man uh but he's 22 year old absolute flame for 101 mile an hour fastball 92 mile an hour slider kind of guy uh he's coming off of tommy john surgery he's working out of the bullpen right right now because he's still basically rehabbing um results have been positive so far he hasn't himself he's given up a couple of runs nothing too wild but he doesn't have the same laundry list of injuries that cody has i think the plan is eventually going to be to stretch Vargas back out into starter length. Whether they decide to do that this year or not is to be determined. It would be really difficult to find a spots for him to start, especially in play right now with Bibby, Burns, Gaddis, Williams, all those guys down there, and Espino still to come back. But, but it, it wouldn't shock me if he maybe even makes his debut late this season as a bullpen arm for the Guardians if he gets healthy and starts pitching well down in double A and possibly triple A out of the bullpen. He's 22. He's on the four man. So he is a potential relief candidate. Should injury strike, should the team finally decide to move on from Brian Shaw, et cetera, et cetera. They should move on from Brian Shaw. Yeah, there, there's a reason I dropped that nugget in there. I know. Do you have a do you have an affinity for Brian Shaw, Mitch, since you uh you like Ernie Clement and uh or are you are you ready to cut Shaw out as well? I mean, I'm fine with Shaw. I don't feel as strongly negative as most, but he's not good. Um, and with relievers, like at the very least, like you can mix and match well and well enough and easily enough that it does seem like a position where you don't need someone to just like be bad and a warm body. Right. But you know, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. It doesn't I mean whatever. Like I'm not I'm not the kind of fan who's gonna be yeah. like, How dare this player have a job? Um no, I'm fine. I'm fine with uh Brian Shaw's existence on the team, but if they cut him, I would completely get it. And yeah. uh they probably should because well actually I take that back. They probably should when guys like uh, Cody Morris and so forth already, uh, but it's not like there are tons of like good relief prospects in AAA right now, anyway. So it is what it is. Doesn't bother me. That said, like he stinks. Like don't don't mistake what I'm saying. He he does right stink. right. There's a there's a role for him to be here, and when there doesn't when there isn't a role for him to be here, he's it's good to leave. Yeah, and some of the guys that. Some of the guys that we looked at at the beginning of the year that we thought maybe would debut in Cleveland's bullpen at some point this year just haven't really put the season together in the minors to really earn that spot. Like uh, we affectionately dubbed him Wordle in an earlier uh, uh, podcast, but Nick, Nick Mikulaszczak, uh affectionately named Wordle as the, the younger version of Mark Zipchinski, aka Scrabble, uh, has just not had the season that we expect to have following up last year's velocity has been down he's been giving up some hard contact i heard you i heard you no you make what happened to wordle guys like the actual game wordle did it just die are we done with wordle now 
I sometimes play it. Like I have like, it. I have a tab open of it on my phone, but I don't ever like go. I don't ever think of it anymore. I mean, it's just like people realize like it's kind of lame to share with others. Like no one cares. It was like two minutes of your day. Like kindly screw off. <laughs> my God, Mitch is spicy tonight. I'm good with it. It's fine. Not wrong. I just, yeah. I just was like, oh, Wordle's a thing I haven't, I haven't thought of in a, in a minute. That was all. Oh my god. Well, that's even real. I like, uh, one more if I want it. I, like, I do. Uh, I like global. That's pretty fun. Is that the country one? Yeah, there are two country ones. There's global and there's worldle. Those are both good time. Worldle. Worldle. Okay. Uh, there's Nerdle, which is I, like a, it's like a, an arithmetic one that I really dig. Uh, I do remember seeing uh, Wardle, which oh, is yeah, baseball. Wardle. I, I played Nerdle um, for a really long time. The basketball. I think, I think Hurdle, which was music, uh, I think I saw it got bought by Spotify. Ooh, interesting. That was a waste of money. So that's interesting <laughs> on that one. So I enjoy the. Ooh, interesting from both of you. That was great. So, thanks. All but right, the White Sox are up eight to one on the Twins. Not sure who we're rooting for in this series. I was gonna say I don't. The, I hate the, both of them. Those. The stadium can swallow up and take in both the teams. That's fine. That would be great. That would be awesome. Okay, Ethan, you said you had one more. Get us out of here. One more for the road, and probably sick about hearing it but one of cleveland's 400 shortstop prospects but however the one that i am highest on in the entire farm brian rocchio is finally catching fire for double akron he's had a rough start to the season but so far through nine games in july he is hitting 405 463 649 to start the month of july which is helping raise his season numbers he's got three home runs three doubles including one in the first first inning tonight for akron He's another one of those guys. He's a relatively above average to elite defensive prospect, a high contact bat with the ability to add some power. Stop me if you've heard that before about anybody in this farm system. But Rokio, I think more so than Arias, has a real chance to stick as the up-the-middle partner to now all-star Andres Jimenez in the not-so-distant future. Go ahead, Mitch. Anything on Brian Rokio? Brian Rokio? Brian, Brian, he rules. He reminds me a lot of uh, Francisco Lindor. He's a switch hitter, you know, quote unquote, plays the game the right way. Like, you know, is uh, you know, like, does he also alienate his fan base of the team that he currently was playing for, or used to play for by making fun of the fact that they called him by a different name? I mean, Wait, they live Brian in Brian Short for something. Am I missing some letters? Yeah. Are we all gonna? Are when he comes up? Are we gonna call him Bray? And then in seven years, he's gonna yell at us for calling him Bray. That's a great idea. Is he gonna call me? Is he gonna call me lazy? How dare he be right? He reminds me of Francisco Lindor because he plays beyond his years. <laughs> he reminds me of Francisco Lindor, the prospect, not Francisco Lindor. Listen, we, we, we've been making fun of Ethan all night, so I had to get at least a little bit in there on you. Oh, it's fine. It's fine. You're making fun of Francisco Lindor. That's actually even... very true. Yeah. Yeah. The guy that the guy that the guy that doesn't have an all stars all star uh, birth when uh, Andres does. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Francisco he's got three hundred dollars. We would never oh, take that guy back. He stinks. He's worse than Andres Jimenez, obviously. Sure. God, can no. you believe we I mean, like gave up Francisco Lindor for Andres Jimenez? What a steal. Do, I would make that trade back. Not that, not that they will, and like the money wouldn't work, obviously. But like, Francisco Lindor is still amazing. So sure, I think everyone's like, he's not crazy. not. It's just we just we're it's it's a hundred percent the the ex girlfriend thing of here. I'm gonna go into Bill Simmons mode here and just completely make a a different analogy. But it's like when they you. It ended somewhat amicably, but you're still a little hurt 
and then you see her dating somebody else, and you're like, that guy doesn't even have anything that I do. And then yeah. you, but then you start dating somebody, and it's like, she's great, she's great, she's great, she's great, she's done everything, but there's no difference really. It's okay. Like the answer, guys, is don't give a shit because that's yeah. where I'm at. Um, I'm good with it. No, Francisco Lindor, great player, doesn't matter. Point is, Brian Rocchio reminds me a lot of Francisco Lindor, the prospect. You know, like switch hitter, like contact over power but maybe sneaky power question mark and also great defense and also uh, just like a leader and a smart player. Um, yeah. I think, um, I think if he turned into the prospect Lindor was supposed to be, which is maybe more of like the 15 to 20 Homer variety with elite defense and, and a great, uh, you know, great hit tool. That's going to be awesome. Like, it's going to be awesome to have him next to Andres Jimenez on the Major League roster. For sure. Um, so, yeah, I love Rokio, too. I'm completely with Ethan. All right. Well, let's go Let's go get some rest. Let's uh, get rid of some of the spice that we have going on tonight. Uh, anything else for you guys that you have uh, that you wanted to bring up? Yeah, I'm, I'm sick of seeing you guys face-to-face. Can we just go back to you roasting me in our Discord? I mean, we can, and we're going to. So that's yeah, fine. exactly. There, there's no, there's no fighting at this point. So, peace. Good night. All right, night, y'all. <laughs> Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because. The news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.